Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Active Iron on News Talk. I do want to talk though about this new study that's out. It's research from the Department of Agriculture, the University of Limerick and the National Health Intelligence Unit. And they found that over the past decade, the number of people admitted to hospital for dog bites has jumped 50%. Just over 3,100 people had to receive treatment. Half of those were children that were bitten by dogs. So it kind of begs the question, are we careful enough with how we mind our dogs? And I want to talk to people about this today. And particularly if you're somebody who was ever bitten or maybe attacked by a dog, you can give us a call. Emma's with us on the line. Emma, do you think, you know, people in general, dog owners, are we careful enough with them? Um. I, I mean, I was I had a quick look at, I haven't looked at the study, but I was looking at some of the news stuff today. And it would appear that um, it's mostly kids and a lot of it is bites in the face. So most bites actually happen in the home. And I would suggest if a, do- a child's getting bitten in the face, they're up in the dog's face and interacting in a, with the dog in a way that it shouldn't be. So I would say that it's often the parents are not having enough responsibility of how to teach their children how to behave around dogs. I mean, they're not toys. They're living creatures. Um, They will react if they're uncomfortable or in pain or if a child's pulling at them or something like that. And I think when you look at the study, that is the issue. I mean, the other thing I I find um, quite upsetting is the fact that all the news outlets had pictures of bully breeds for this story. And it's not... It's not a case of bully breeds roaming the street and attacking random children. It's Mm. um, generally dog bites in the house. So it's the pet that they they know and and love and and play with. But if you take a young child or a young baby that's pulling the dog's tail or at their mouth, it's hard to control the reaction. I mean, it happened to my own brother when he was younger. He blew into a collie's face. Now, you never blow into a dog's face. And of course, the dog snapped at him and he needed stitches in his face. But I mean, at that time, it was never considered the dog's fault. It was my brother's fault for doing that. But I think nowadays, with a lot of the way that this is um, comes out, it's it assumed that the dog is dangerous. It's not. It's, it's The child is not interacting in an appropriate way with an animal. 42%. And they will react. Yeah, 42% I see, Emma, here of, of the patients actually required, you know, plastic surgery. Yeah, well, if you get a dog of... bite, a dog bite's not a nice thing, you know. If you get a bite in the face, it's not going to be nice. Are you um, a dog but, owner yourself, yeah. Emma? Yes, and yeah. I have a child and okay. um, I foster dogs as well for charities. I have a greyhound and a lurcher. And actually, when my I first got my greyhound, I, I, I had to be really strict with my son because I think he was about seven or eight at the time. And she obviously hadn't been around kids. She'd been in the kennel all her life. Um, and she did snap at him in the face one time, but it was totally his own fault because he was putting her in a stranglehold in her head. Um, and she didn't bite him or anything, but she just she, she gave a snap. And I wouldn't consider ever think that was the dog's fault. Now, I would trust her 100% around children now. She's well used to them. She has them in and out of the house. Um, and my lurcher is amazing. I mean, she's probably the best dog I've ever seen with kids. I got her from the DSPCA as a puppy. Um, but she's always had kids appro- uh, interact appropriately with her. And okay. if a dog starts associating children with pain and fear, 
it's going to start snapping mm. and it's going to start biting. Maureen Byrne is on the line as well, Emma. Maureen's a, a clinical animal um, behaviourist. Like, do you think we're mindful enough, Maureen, when it comes to ownership and pets? Hi, Andrea. I, I, I think it, it, it is a two-way street. Um, and dogs, d- dogs can only understand humans up to a certain level and what our intentions are. Um, but humans can learn how to read dogs better. Um, and our expectations of dogs can be very, very high. Um, and, and, and often we treat dogs in ways that we wouldn't treat a cat because we know if we did it to a cat, the cat will give us a scratch. So people tend to be much more respectful of cats than they are with dogs right. who put up with an awful lot, you know. Um, now, the, funnily enough, that study uh, showed that the major increase in dog bites over that 10-year period happened with adults. So there's been a, mm. something like a threefold increase in bites to adults uh, shown in that study. 20, so 20, 29 to 35 and, and, and the gender breakdown yeah. equally affected, actually. That's right. So there's something to be said in that. that it would be interesting to dig deeper into that fact to see what's driving that, you know. What do you think of this as somebody that's dealing with? I think there's, I think there's a lot of problems that we have in Ireland with the way we produce dogs and the way we socialise them and raise them and the whole process of how easy it is to get a dog here. Um, so during COVID, for example, the, the, there was a huge demand for dogs as soon as lockdown happened because mm. people were at home and they had the time and all the rest of it. So um, that fueled and drove a huge market in puppy farm dogs. And puppy farm dogs just don't have the right genetic uh, input put into them. They don't have the correct socialisation or development or production that, that a good breeder would put into dogs. So people were going out and buying these hugely overpriced dogs that were essentially as good as feral animals that they had had no background with living with different humans of different ages even living in a house they knew nothing about it so that cohort of dogs that started being born in around 2019 into 2020 and and from then on we the behaviorists and trainers are now seeing a huge issue with behavioral problems in that cohort of dogs so that's your experience from what's coming to you Oh, absolutely! It's 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 actually become a, a, a really serious problem, and it is it's also fueling that awful uh, upshot of of having a dog that misbehaves. Is that a lot of them are being dumped in rescues now? So, um, you know, it, it, there's a lot of dogs floating around the place now that that just didn't have the right upbringing, and you know, there, there are breeders out there who made a lot of money out of these dogs, uh, and and don't have to face any responsibility. For what they've done to society and what they've done to dogs as well, in terms of the the the, the behavioural problems okay. that we're seeing out there now, I, you know. I, I see a text from a listener who says, "I think the important thing is how the dogs actually socialised with children in the home. Yeah. Ideally, the dog, if reared from a puppy, will not bite kids, but sees them as as part of his own family." Says uh, suggests it, this text. It, yeah, I mean that's that hits the nail on the head. It's it's so important that puppies, from preferably from the outset, from the day they're born that they are interacting or that they have children in their lives 
but but certainly from the time they're usually bought as pups at about eight weeks of age, from that time, you, you know, kids need to start gently interacting with them and appropriate interactions because while the puppy is learning all about kids and other people at this stage, they have to be nice interactions so that the puppy develops a positive emotional response to children and to adults. And really, if, if, if the whole breeding process in Ireland was done properly, then people like me would be put out of a job. And I would love that because if breeders were doing their, if all breeders were doing their job properly, they'd be producing okay. very steady, very safe dogs that, that you can take liberties with and that make good pet dogs that, you know, that you can make mistakes with without getting bitten. So, Suzanne is on the line as well, Maureen. Suzanne, I believe you, you had a fear of dogs, is that right? But you, you overcame it. Hi, Andrea. Thanks for having me on. And lovely to hear all the stuff. Yeah, I had a chronic fear of dogs my whole life. I was bitten badly at seven, age seven, by a dog. So up to 10 years ago, I'd cross streets. I had fear. So the dog then would bark at me. I'd go, you know, it was all that kind of stuff. Mm. But to a story where I visited a friend of mine in Brazil 10 years ago, um, who's also good friends with your Claire McKenna, a guy called John. We actually found a rescue dog on the streets of Sao Paulo. He's a big dog person. So we ended up bringing the dog home, very badly treated. He kept the dog, called the dog Sue after me. So me going from terrified dogs, I'm bonding with this wild street dog, let's say. Yeah. And the dog was so gorgeous. But I suppose my point is, Andrew, when that dog died in 2020, um, and that dog used to sleep in my bed when I visited and all that stuff, I got my own dog in 2020. And just from the previous listener, I did get a COVID dog. But I put a lot of effort into training from a, from a novice dog person. I had Susie Walsh over a few times, um, who's a renowned trainer. I like I scoured everything. But I believe myself that it's a lot of it is down to the owners. And like every little bad behavior that my little dog had, I addressed as I went along. So just to say, I follow a really good website in the UK called um, South End Dog Training. For anybody who's trying to get tips on dog training, he believes this guy, Adam, really good, that, you know, children shouldn't be left, super, or dogs should not be left super unsupervised with okay, children or, or, yeah. or babies. So, you know, when you see these cute photos on Instagram of the dog minds the baby, his attitude is, dogs shouldn't be left unsupervised. Mm. And for well, example, you see it on TikTok dog, all the time. He, he's adamant, you know, then you just don't know when the dog will have an anxiety attack or be overprotective. But my little dog now is a little dote. But she would go bananas if an Amazon driver comes to the door. or So you just don't know. You don't know the dog's reaction. He's really, really good. And, you know, for the unbanned or the banned dog breed, you know, the bulldog, mm. he was very upset one day. He had an Instagram and he said, it's not the dogs, it's the owners. And, you know, the point about it is I see the big influx since COVID, you know, and I see the small chihuahuas that will bite you. And the previous listener, I loved what she said about the influx of the COVID dogs. But it is the responsibility of the owner, if you're going to get a dog, is to, you know, follow through on the training. Well, that's and yes, I mean, you'd have to wonder. Yeah. I, like, I lo- like I, you know, a couple of my friends have, have got dogs over the years. And, and and I say this as somebody who, you know, was, was like you, Suzanne, and have yeah. pretty much always nearly been terrified of dogs. But, like, I actually love to hear them say they're going to go and bring the dog to some kind of a training class. Because I just, I see oh. that as being very responsible to do that. Like, how does everybody... Well, 
but there's no way you can get a dog and as the previous dogs don't know dogs have to be trained and this guy as I say I can't say enough about him he's helped me so much you pick up every bit of bad behaviour from the dog yeah. you address you address it today you teach it's a, it's a responsibility and I, I just think we're, we're never done learning I hate to hear when children are bitten I really do or anybody's bitten but his view is it's not always the dog, it's the owner's. Yeah. It's the owner's responsibility to well, put the act in. I think we've, uh, Diana's on the line as well, Suzanne, because Diana, you think dogs should actually be out of reach um, of a lot of people, is that right? I do, Andrea, yeah. I have two uh, band breeds, um, both are rescues. The first, we got him at a few weeks old. He'd been brought home by uh, a dad as a big surprise for his two kids. He had head shaved, he had a broken tail. And the first thing he did to my child, of course, was bite him because he was terrified, you know. And he bit him several times every time he went with, you know, near him in a silly way. And I thought, oh God, you know, this is my first band breed. I'd always been involved in rescues, always, you know, been open-minded about every dog. And I said, okay, maybe he's not for us. But my eight-year-old at the time said, We've taken this dog, mom. We're keeping him. And he trained him, uh, of course, with my supervision. And he's 12 years old now. And he's the sweetest, kindest dog. You know, but he was in pain. He had a sore foot. He had a broken tail. He'd had his head shaved by the little girl who thought he might like a ponytail. And, of course, they decided he was a vicious dog. And I actually, you know, was pretty terrified myself. But I took the second one knowing how sweet and good the breeds are. But I see it. Constantly when I'm walking my dog, I see these people who are beautifully dressed in kind of Highland going gear that they've obviously spent <laughs> hours researching yeah, on the barber Instagram. jacket and the Highland or the Absolutely. hunter wellies and all out for yeah, their walk. Yeah. Yeah. And they've got raindrop, raindrop, snowdrop, coochie, boochy, beautiful <laughs> dog. And the dog's flying towards my dog. And I'm saying, yeah. my dogs don't like other dogs. And it gets to the point where I have to scream. I said my dogs don't like other dogs. Please control the dog. And then they're running after raindrop, raindrop. And they're giving me a dirty look. And I'm looking like, I, you know, what's the dog doing off the lead in the first place? If you spent half of the time you spent on Instagram researching that outfit, actually training your dog, then the dog would probably know to come back to you. And then you say, oh, it's a beautiful dog. Where did you get it? And they say, oh, you, I rescued it. And I say, fantastic, which rescue? Because I know every rescue in the in the area. And they say, oh, I got it from a farmer. I rescued it from a farmer. They say, great, which farmer? Oh, a farmer in Limerick. And I think, yeah, that's right. You bought the dog from the boot of a car. It matches your gorgeous outfit. And when he bites you in the face, you'd be quick to drop him to the rescue saying it's a bad dog. You know, but the fact is, and you see them six months later, you say, oh, where's your dog? And they say, oh, it was a bad dog or we just didn't have time for it. So I gave it to another farmer and I think you didn't really, you know, you you dropped it off somewhere if the dog was lucky. And, you know, stupid people should be banned, not dogs, you know, and we should... We're so lazy in this country. We're actually notorious all around Europe well, for having badly bred dogs. And they should be banned. People who want a dog should be forced to do a course before they do the dog. They should be forced to show a means to be able to support the dog. And the enormous vet, right. does, because a vet is quite often more expensive than a doctor. Yeah. And they should be forced to be able to show that right. they have the time because there's no. You, would, would, would you would you agree with that, Maureen? You know, should should like 
Should people have to show means to be able to mind the dog and, and do a course before getting one? I think it's a it's a lovely idea in theory, but I'm not quite sure how enforceable it is. And I think there'd be a meltdown in Ireland uh, if if something like that was was suggested imagine, seriously yeah. as a measure to to come in. To me, there's a whole lot of different factors that could be controlled here, but one of them is certainly the the the, the breeding end of things and the indiscriminate breeding. Now, Ireland is a little bit unique um, from other countries in that in in other in our close um, countries in Europe they have banned puppy farming, whereas in Ireland we have legalised it. So a lad can come along and legally um, open a puppy farm that has 200 breeding female dogs, pays the council a certain fee and off he goes. You know, and and that's not right. Um, That that mass production of Even if all of the, you know, animal welfare checks and all of that are carried out? Yeah, the, the, the welfare okay. checks are enough to, to to keep the dogs healthy, but uh, physically, but they're it's nowhere the near close okay. enough to, to, about, to help with behaviour. What about you, Jane? Why did you get in touch? Hi, hi, Andrea. Um, I'm just listening to everyone here now, and it, it's super, super interesting. But it's um, I feel now this recent article is just going to put fuel on the fire. And I suppose what I really want to say is that. Everyone is protecting everyone. Do you remember when we used to grow up and we used to run around and the dogs are playing with us and everything? Now everything is so labelled, so controlled. And I have two lovely little dogs and they're quite exuberant and they're fun and they're lovely. They're well behaved. They're, was it, four and eight, I think. And the thing is that when I'm walking the dogs, I see people and they're pulling their children closer to them and they're saying like, mind now, the dog is going past. And I'm like, what are you teaching your children? Why are you doing this? And these children then are nervous around the dogs. And you see people lifting up their little dogs going past. Everyone's getting so precious. And it's just, I'm just so grateful I grew up in a time where I could go out and just get straw in my hair and maybe a few knits and play with dogs. And it's all just getting so controlled. We're even, everyone's just getting so anxious. And well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But is that because there's, so many more animal, you know, so many more dogs in in urban areas. Though there's, you know, less. Um, well, the thing is that people are getting bitten more, which is definitely. Well, there's, like, a there's fact. a fifty percent jump in the number of people who are um, received hospital treatment for dog bites. So yeah, there is totally. more people being. Yeah, they are. They're totally being bitten. But the thing is that everyone is getting more and more wary. No one's interacting anymore. No one's everyone's very closeted. Nobody knows how to, like the lady was saying with training, and I follow that South End guy, and it's that like people don't know how to approach animals anymore. It's almost like they've become, which they are labelled livestock, but it's like they've become a foreign entity because there's no more just playing. There's children's parks mm. separated from dogs' parks. The blue flag beaches can't have dogs anymore, so now family people with dogs leave the dog. People have stopped interacting, so of course the bites are going to go up if somebody decides to run up to a dog and they're nervous or somebody approaches a dog. I take it you're totally start. against Diana's suggestion then that, you know, majority of people um, either shouldn't have dogs or should have to sit some kind of a course before getting one. Prove their means to be able to mind it. No, no, not at all. Not at all. I'm actually genuinely not because I think there's so many dogs in backyards and not being treated properly. That's kind of like even almost feeds into nobody knows what to do with a dog. Nobody knows what to do with a dog. Nobody knows that, you know, if you go up and you're nervous, the dog's going to get nervous and it yeah. is going to snap. But if you're a child that's constantly being pulled away from the doggy and thought instinctively, 
from a toddler that the dog is dangerous, you're going to grow up and you're most likely going to get bitten at some stage because you're, unless you're, go, you're not going to be able to avoid them forever unless we do lock them away like we are doing now with the the banned dogs and the muzzling and everything. It's it's really the yeah. only... Well, they are looking at tightening all right, you know, measures to try and tighten dog control laws and, and that is because of the um, spate of dog attacks, I suppose, that have happened over the past couple of months. A lot of them well well documented. This texter says on banning dog breeds, dangerous dogs should be banned. 99% of people don't know how to train any type of dog. That's never going to change. So yes, the dangerous dogs should be banned. This listener says, I just want to make a contribution. My neighbour has, uh, has an Alsatian whom she never Never trained properly. The dog is continuously barking. It's lunged at my children. She's constantly walking him around without a muzzle or a lead. My neighbours and I are in absolute fear of this dog. We've all made multiple complaints to the dog warning. She ignores every fine that she receives. Um, fine for an unmuzzled dog. Oh yeah, the fine went up from 100, to 100 euro to 300 quid at the start of the month. It's because she never trained the dog properly. But this has been going on for over a year now. And there's absolutely no consequences, says this texter. Keep your views coming in to us. The email either, that's lunchtimelive at newstalk.com. But Jane, Emma, Maureen, Suzanne and Diana, thanks a million for getting in touch with us. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Weekdays at midday. Brought to you by Active Iron on News Talk.